1: Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of r I do work here lady Where it's not customers getting mistaken as employees But employees getting mistaken for regular Joe Schmoes In this episode, you'll hear about a student nurse getting mistaken as a random person An employee that's mistaken as a call center scammer And a woman in construction who's not a receptionist I hope you stay for all these stories today and subscribe for future videos That story's titled I am not hallucinating my treatment. I think and hope this fits here as it relates to someone else, although I was involved. And they did work there. Some years ago, I had a short outpatient procedure which caused me to have a serious infection. I was rushed back to the hospital by ambulance and spent a total of 10 days there with something verging on sepsis. Rules and targets meant that within 24 hours, I had to be discharged or moved to a ward. After 23 and a half hours, I was on a ward. It was late evening, I was fixed up with a cannula, and a drip, and I settled down to sleep. I was reasonably comfortable, and although ill, was feeling a bit more normal. I was awoken at about 3am by the patient in the next bed having an incident, which I'll gloss over for reasons of delicacy. I looked around to find a large fresh blood stain on my sheets. In my rather restless sleep, I had ripped out my cannula, which was the tube in my arm administering drugs. I pressed the call button. A very nice young guy arrived, The nursing station was in sight from my bed, and there was a group of four or five people there, including the guy who came over, all dressed in black trousers and high-necked black tunics, in addition to two nurses who I recognized from earlier. He very efficiently and painlessly reinserted the cannula and cleaned me up, and I went back to sleep. The next morning after breakfast, two nurses came round to change the sheets for everyone. Mine were a mess, so I explained what had happened, They looked very wary, and said there were no male nurses on the ward. I explained that the guy was in a black jacket. They looked at me strangely, and said there were no workers in black uniforms. I insisted I'd been treated by the person i described, but they wouldn't have it. Eventually, in sweet, calming voices, they started to agree with everything I said. Obviously, they were humoring me. They went on with their work. A bit later, I saw them discussing something with the charge nurse, with the occasional glance in my direction. I was now getting worried, and beginning to doubt myself. Then one of them came over, beaming uncomfortably. I thought, this is it, they're gonna take me to the loony bin. She then, rather hesitantly, explained that a large party of student doctors had been touring night shifts the previous night. Unknown to her or her colleague, they had a new design of uniform, in black. I was sane after all, and he did work there. This one's titled, I am not a scammer, I actually work for a real support company. I was accused of fraudulently impersonating an employee of a company that I actually worked for. Years ago, I worked doing call center tech support for a legitimate US-based company. We served most elderly clients. The way it worked is they'd pay a subscription, and we were on call 24-7 as much as they needed. We could remotely access their PCs to fix them, log in to show them how to do something, etc. This service wasn't cheap, easily in excess of $100 a month, but justifiable given that most customers would call a couple of times a week, and it could take a couple of hours per call. Several of our customers were deaf, and they would call us via teletype service. For those who don't know, the deaf caller types via text chat or signs with video chat with a third-party service who then calls and speaks for them, relaying the message over the phone to the person on the other end. They're supposed to be impartial and convey messages word for word. It's essentially a translator job. You don't interject commentary into the discussion. You just relay the message as precisely as possible. However, some of the smaller services only staff a few dozen operators and have frequent dealings with the same customers, so there's a sense of familiarity that can arise and sometimes that impartially is compromised. A customer called us using one such teletype service for help removing some malware from his computer. Initially, all went according to plan. In the course of removing the malware, he needed to reboot his PC, which means he would be disconnected from the teletype operator who he was communicating via that PC. So when the computer reboots, I reconnect to his PC and connect to the service again. This time, he gets a different operator some guy named Jared who had apparently interacted with before. Mind you, the call was unnecessary. I can see his computer screen and everything he's typing to the teletype operator. I could have chatted with him directly through the PC, but it wasn't my call. So this Jared dude, serving as our go-between, decides that I'm a scammer and he's gonna warn my customer. He starts putting words into my mouth, things I didn't say, completely unaware that I can see all of this on the customer's computer. He remarks that he can't understand me through my heavy Indian accent. I'm a white guy, born in the US, and couldn't fake a convincing Indian accent if I tried. He starts getting mildly racist, explaining to Bill, my customer, that part of his disability is that he can't hear my accent, and if he could, he would hang up immediately and know it was a scam. He keeps making these little asides with the customer, which I can see in the chat. Telling him that I don't actually work for the company that I claim to work for and warning him not to give me a credit card I never asked for one and Bill's a subscriber I've had his number for years and charge a predetermined amount per our contract Jared says he doesn't work for XYZ company They're just saying that lying about you having a computer virus to take your money That company would never hire a guy like him I get how he can think that and we've all seen the scam before in the right context, it's not bad advice, but he doesn't have all the facts. Like, that Bill has been my client for years, and that we have a contract, and he was getting charged the same if he called me or not. This wasn't a case of customers returning some scammers voicemail. He was calling a service vendor that he had existing dealings with. So, I open a notepad on Bill's desktop and start typing to him. I said, Sir, I can assure you I did not ask for a credit card number, nor will I. I can see the chat screen, and half of what I'm saying is not being conveyed at all, and most of what he's typing to you, I did not say. Also, he's not telling me what you're typing, or when he does, he's conveying it in a very hostile tone. He types back in the notepad window, saying, Yeah, you're talking to Jared, I've dealt with him before, he's an ass. He's supposed to quote us word for word, but I've had some suspicions about him for a while. Complained a few times, but nothing ever comes of it. So I addressed Jared and said, Hey Jared, you realize I can see Bill's screen as we talk, right? I do work for XYZ company, and I can prove it. You want to put your supervisor on the phone? I'd love to show him these chat logs. And of course, I'm recording the call on my end. I'll send him a copy. So in the end, Bill got his teletype service comped for a few months, Many apologies from the service, and Jared got shit-canned. I removed the malware, and Bill reached out to me via email, thanking me a few weeks later. Had I not been able to see the screen, neither Bill or myself would have known what the other was saying. And this ignorant bastard would have been proud of his deception, and actually thought he was the good person because of it. It's so condescending. Even if his intentions were good, I'm glad he got fired. And just to say, Most teletype operators do their jobs extremely well. I've worked with many over the years, and this was an isolated incident in my experience. This was just one guy on a power trip, abusing his position for the sake of his own ego. Being the gatekeeper to other people's communications with the world is actually a lot more power than many people can or should be trusted with. This one's titled, Kevin assumes every woman in construction is a receptionist. Hint: We're not. This happened about 20 years ago. Equal opportunity was becoming a thing in the workplace, but in construction, things have a habit of not quite keeping pace. I'd been working for a manufacturing company in construction for several years. As the only woman in the sales area, I was given the task of manning the phones as well as operating support. One day, a call came in. I said, good morning, thanks for calling the company. How can we help you today? Kevin says, ah, yes. I'd like to speak to one of the guys please. I have a question. I replied, that's no problem. If you let me know what you need, I'll be happy to help you out. He says, oh no, that's okay. I'd be happy to wait for one of the guys. Unfortunately, all the guys are busy on other calls, but I can help you now. I work in the sales section here as well. I'm looking at my coworker now, who's turned to look at me. He knows that voice. He tells me again that it's fine, that he'd rather wait for one of the guys. My co-worker and I are looking at each other. We know what's going to happen next. I said, Kate, no problem. Let me put you through. I put this gent on transfer, not breaking eye contact with my colleague. He's looking right back as he reaches out a hand and picks up the receiver. My colleague says, Good morning. How can we help you today? I can't hear the conversation, but there's silence as Kevin talks. My colleague keeps his eyes on me as he listens. Finally, he speaks and says, Oh, you need to speak to the chemical specialist. Let me put you through. A smile is starting to quirk my lips. As a person who has a lifelong love of science and chemistry, I naturally fell into specializing in what chemical products we sold. Over time, I ended up being the go-to for anything to do with technical questions. My colleague is still looking at me as he transfers the call. We are together in this golden moment. I reach out and pick up the call and bring the receiver up and said, Good morning. How can I help you? There is a long, pregnant silence on the line. Finally, Kevin speaks and says, Uh, hello? I was being put through to your chemical specialist. Is he there right now? This is better than that time my bestie made me cookies and forgot to tell me they were augmented. My colleague and I are grinning like fools. Maybe this phone is augmented. I replied, That's me. I'm the chemical specialist. After a silence, while Kevin digested this horrifying news, To his credit, he managed to successfully process that I might be able to help him. The discussion went on normally from there, and I was able to sort his problem immediately. He even said thanks before he hung up. No, thank you, Kevin. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of r slash I do work here, lady. Sorry for not uploading in the past week. I had a horrible throat infection that caused me to lose my voice completely, and it's now just starting to get better. If you enjoyed this episode in the stories, please hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss future stories. See you in the next one.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.